Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of the Periodical Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kevin, along with my good friend and amazing co-host, Tavis. How do you do, everybody? And we're here to ask you guys a question. What might that question be? We want to know if the world really wants high oil prices. Our discussion today is going to cover the content in this week's periodical that I released this past Wednesday, December the 16th. So, Tavis, you know what to do. With drastic declines in consumer demand, the coronavirus pandemic has created a difficult new world for the oil industry. Consumers tend to benefit from lower oil prices as it lessens the cost of many goods and services. But as an oil-producing country, not just an oil consumer, the United States now also feels an unpleasant pinch when oil prices drop. While greater domestic oil production is a net positive for the United States, the temporary negative prices had producers worrying briefly about paying buyers for their oil. Now they face longer-term concerns, such as having to curtail output, shut down producing wells, and defer new well openings, put off exploration, file for bankruptcies, or get acquired in a wave of consolidation. Since oil price is a two-sided coin, the question becomes, what impact does a return to high oil prices have on the end consumer? With global economies opening back up from the release of a vaccine for the global pandemic, global oil demand is returning and with it, higher oil prices. Oil prices will fluctuate in the coming years, but the long-term trend is likely bullish. Once high oil prices return, these costs will be passed through to consumers rather than the bottom line of operators or refineries. So this is actually a similar stance to the one proposed by Dan K. Eberhardt back in October of 2020 when he released his book titled Switching Gears, the Petroleum-Powered Electric Car. Mr. Eberhardt holds a Bachelor's of Science in Economics and Political Science from Vanderbilt University as well as a law degree from Tulane University. His diverse background managing a private equity firm and chief executive officer role at an oil field service company has made him a frequent speaker and panelist focusing on mergers and acquisitions, oil and gas, business development, and many other related topics. His background on the energy engine is so extensive, Eberhardt decided to write a book on his vision of the future. In his work, Eberhardt envisions a successful energy revolution where we learn from our mistakes and solve our own puzzles as we work towards a future that allows us to be conscientious, powerful, and energy savvy all at the same time. While his work mainly focuses on the energy transition and the rise of electric vehicles, he argues that as energy prices rise, the consumer will ultimately pay the price. Taking that a step further, the argument can be made that as oil prices rise, associated production costs will be passed through to consumers rather than kept in the bottom line of operators or refineries. As a result, if oil prices rise in the near term, it will be better for investors and the remaining companies in the industry at the expense of people consuming the final products produced. Now let's take a step back to understand how oil prices affect consumers and businesses in addition to investors and oil producing companies. So historically speaking, cheap oil was great for American consumers as well as the manufacturing sector. On a consumer level, the easiest comparison for low versus high oil prices is to consider the cost of gasoline. When oil prices are high, the price of gasoline is noticed by consumers because gasoline purchases are necessary for most households. When gasoline prices increase, a larger share of a household budget is likely to be spent on it, which leaves less to spend on other goods and services. The reverse is, well, also true. Lower oil prices lead to a reduction in a budget allocated to travel, which allows for more to be spent on goods and services. The same goes for businesses where goods must be shipped via freight or businesses with a large portion of operating costs determined by fossil fuel commodity prices, such as the airline industry. Higher oil prices tend to make transportation more expensive for businesses, just as they make it more expensive for households to do things that they normally do. So when oil prices spike, 
you can expect the price of many consumer goods to spike as well. This can be seen through the value chain as it affects the costs faced by the vast majority of both households and businesses. Additionally, the price of oil influences the cost of production and manufacturing across the United States. As many industrial chemicals are refined from oil, lower crude prices benefit the manufacturing sector. Similar to transportation, a drop in the price of oil is largely viewed as a good thing since it reduces the cost of manufacturing. Taking that a step further, these reductions in cost could likewise be passed through to the consumer. Now that the United States has increased its role in global oil production, lower oil prices also hurt U.S. oil company revenues and affect the domestic energy industry workers. Conversely, high oil prices add to the operating costs of doing business, and these costs are ultimately passed on to the consumers and businesses purchasing the final product. Industries far and wide are affected by this balancing act. Think more expensive airline tickets, more expensive goods imported from overseas, even retail gasoline. Therefore, higher oil prices can result in higher prices for products and services seemingly unrelated to the energy industry. But why are these price fluctuations passed along to the consumer instead of ending up on an organization's bottom line? Well, it's pure business. The groups that tend to suffer when oil prices drop are the banking and investment sectors in addition to the actual oil companies themselves. There are a lot of different companies drilling and servicing wells in the oil field, and many of these companies finance their operations by raising capital and taking on debt. This means investors and banks both have money to lose if the price of oil drops below profitable levels and the companies dependent on drilling and service go out of business. Of course, investors and bankers are very well versed in risks and rewards, but the losses can still destroy capital when it happens. Between job and capital losses, a dip in low oil prices now has the ability to trim the growth of the overall U.S. economy. The exploration and production of U.S. shale deposits has been a strong source of job growth over the past couple decades. In addition, as these wells naturally rapidly decline, reserves replacement creates almost constant new drilling activity. All this activity requires labor that includes drilling crews, truck drivers, mechanics, even field operators. Furthermore, the people working in the oil field tend to support local businesses like hotels and restaurants. So while lower oil prices mean slightly cheaper goods and services, it also means less drilling and exploration activity. Less activity can lead to layoffs, which can hurt local businesses and economies that are catered towards these workers. Since oil can only be economically produced at a certain price point, and the depletion of mineral yields less revenue over time, low oil prices eventually have diminishing returns. While they don't necessarily need to be astronomically high, prices do need to be higher in the long run to lead to more economic success regardless of whether or not costs are being passed along to the end consumer. Since these institutions are the source of capital, once prices eventually rebound, their subsidiaries pass along the price to consumers to recoup potential losses. It is inevitable. Luckily, higher oil prices lead to increased economic activity and additional jobs. Even though the cost of goods will increase with higher oil prices, the long-term benefits are also being passed along. So, Tavis, this is where we really reach this balancing act. You know, you don't want oil prices so high that really the only people benefiting are these oil companies and their investors, their stakeholders, their shareholders, uh, those institutions that have a direct hand in it at the expense of consumers and businesses. But you can't have prices so low that, you know, you know, the cost of gas is a dollar a gallon or, you know, the cost of manufactured goods is, you know, at historically lows because that means all those other individuals are going out of business. They're losing job. They're losing revenue. So it has to be this constant balancing act of, okay, where is this ideal price point? And a, a big part of this is there is a break-even price where oil prices quite literally cannot go any lower 
Otherwise, there's going to be all these producers or EMP companies that just go out of business and then they just can't produce oil anymore. Yeah, and that's something that I tend to not think about. I mean, how a community in Oklahoma is going to react differently than a community in Iowa if oil prices decrease. I mean, Iowa doesn't have a ton of activity up there, but those Oklahoma businesses and the businesses supporting them, hotels and restaurants, like you mentioned, they take the biggest hit. You're exactly right. I mean, a town in Iowa, yeah, oh, awesome, gasoline prices are lower. It's right. going to, you know, more more money in our pocket, but then you have to think on the flip side of, okay, but that means that, you know, maybe you know, 50 people in a town in Oklahoma because this operator had to go out of business are now laid off and they don't have any work. And now there's no revenue in that town. So it's it's this constant balancing act that we're seeing here. And and really in summary, it's as energy prices rise, the end consumer will ultimately pay the price. Yes. But in the near term, if oil prices rise, it will be better for investors and energy companies because additional costs are going to be passed along to those consumers. But as we said, it's this perfect balancing act where we need to find not at that break-even price, but not astronomically high to where only one of the two sides is winning this. Oil prices do have an impact on the U.S. economy, but it goes two ways because of the underlying complexity of this key commodity. High oil prices can drive job creation and investment as it becomes economically viable for oil companies to exploit higher cost reserves. Alternatively, high oil prices also impact business and consumers with higher transportation and manufacturing costs. Put simply, Oil prices are directly correlated to the prices of goods in the petroleum product supply chain and indirectly affect overall costs for transportation, manufacturing, and heating. These cost increases can, in turn, affect the prices of a variety of goods and services, many unrelated to oil and gas, as producers tend to pass production costs on to consumers. The extent to which rising oil price leads to an increased cost in consumer goods depends on the importance of crude in the production of a given type of good or service. Since hydrocarbons are wound deep into nearly every facet of our society, price changes are inevitably felt in many sectors of the economy. As consumers of oil, lower prices still benefit most consumers with cheaper gasoline and travel as well as lower prices of many manufactured goods. Oil companies and investment institutions behind them feel the downward pressure even more as their bottom lines inch closer towards break-even. As a result, a drop in the price of oil will never be seen at the consumer level nearly as much as the impact following an increase in price. This is a direct result of the revenue stream. As the price of crude increases, transportation costs to deliver products necessary for oil production also increase, which is going to cut into the profit margin. Therefore, they must pass along more of the uncontrollable costs to the consumers to meet investor expectations. Companies will continue to support their bottom lines as oil prices rise in the near term, so returns will be better for their investors and the remaining companies in the industry at the expense of people consuming the final products produced. In order to remain viable into the future, companies must generate long-term profit streams and growth. A simple way to do this will be by passing through production costs as commodity prices rise. And that is the end of this episode. We know it was a little bit shorter this week, but hey, all the better to keep it in your back pocket as you're maybe traveling around for the holidays. Maybe you got an uncle who disagrees with you, but you got some points to back it up and debate with. So that is the end of this episode. Plenty of other episodes on rarepetro.com between Kevin's written periodicals, the recorded versions, and Monday Madness. A Basin Breakdown just came out. You have plenty of content to consume. So keep growing, keep learning with us, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>